Well, today is the first day of what we usually call the holiday season, Christmas season. Uh, Other groups call it Advent, in which we begin to think about the coming of Jesus in many ways. We think about how Jesus is uh, still coming into our lives. We think about certainly the first coming whenever he was born uh, as a baby in Bethlehem. But we also consider the fact that our view is and faith is that Jesus is returning, uh, which will be the end of history as we know it, the beginning of the new heaven and the new earth. So today we think in terms of Jesus coming and what that means. We're going to be reading out of Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse uh, 8. Would you please be standing as we read this? The word of God to the church in Rome, but also to the church in San Angelo. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is and how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of God. If your family's like my family, anytime we get together for a holiday, it seems like part of the conversation centers around old times. Uh, With our kids all grown now and married, and when they come back, we like to tell those same old stories we tell every time we get together about when they were little. And then sometimes the conversation goes on beyond that. We talk about what it was like when Pat and I were children. And then we may even go beyond that to stories about grandparents and great-grandparents and just that family lore that makes a family a family. And to be honest, uh, those of us who have a few years on us uh, think quite a bit about the old days and the old ways. And if we're not careful... We begin thinking that the old days and the old ways were really better than today. If we do that, I promise you, we are being very selective in our memories. We're not considering all the old days and all the old ways if we think that the old is better. For example, I brought something I want to show you. I want to show the kids this. This is a word processor. Anyone here ever write a major paper or a thesis or a dissertation on something like this? All right. You tell me old was better, right? If you were going to make, write a paper to turn in, usually you had to make a copy. Well, there was no printers. 
There were no copy machines. So the only way to get a copy of your paper was to use something called carbon paper. Do y'all know what carbon paper is? Have you ever seen carbon paper? Very interesting invention. It's this piece of thin film that's got all this black junk on one side of it and it smears all over your hands. You put it in between the pages and you put it in the word processor here and then you start hitting these keys. But you don't just go, you have to go, because you got to get all the way through all those layers of paper. So you're typing along and then you make a mistake. What do you do now? Well, when I started out with one of these, you got an eraser. And you erase that first page, but you had to be careful. You had to put things in between so you wouldn't, you know. And so you erase. Then you have to erase the carbon copies. And what did you end up with? A black blob. That's right. Trying to erase. See, remember? Well, then they invented those little corrector strips. Remember those little strips of white paper that you could sort of slide in there? And then, but every time I did that, well, not every time, but almost every time, I never, I'd get it in the wrong place, and then I'd have two mistakes to correct. And then a wonderful invention came along, whiteout. So then no longer did you have black blobs, you had white blobs. Well, you know, what a great improvement that was. However, the whiteout was good because if you left it open sitting beside your typewriter, you didn't really care after a while, you know, what was going on that page. And it sort of, you know, boosted things up a little bit. So that was what it was like in the old days, in the old ways. Y'all still want to think old is better? The first computer I got was in the mid-80s. It was a Commodore 64. 64 stood for how much memory it had. Not 64 gigs, not 64 megabytes, 64K. That was it. And no hard drive. And so you typed along and you, you know, input all your information. But if you were typing a 20-page paper, then you couldn't save any of it until you finished the whole paper. And then you saved it to a floppy disk. And, and the disks actually were floppy at that time. So you'd save it to the disk. And I still remember one night, I hate to confess this, but I often wrote papers the night before they were to be turned in. I, I was typing away on my paper got to the last page, and for some reason, the computer just shut down. Not a bit of it was saved. So I sat there and redid the whole paper, got to the last page, and I promise the computer shut down again. I want to tell you, not always are the old ways better than the new. But we shouldn't be that surprised, because even in the book of Romans, Paul is already telling us, that the new is better. Now, a problem we have, though, is that sometimes what we think is new is really old. That what often presents itself as the new thing is really something old that's been repackaged and is just coming back around. I don't know how often Pat and I have been out walking around, shopping, doing something, and she'll point out some little teenage girl and say, I wore that when I was in junior high. 
<laughs> you know, fashions that seem to be new to newer generations, and thankful, thankfully for our, our cultural forgetfulness, they, they, they seem to be new and they come back. Have any the rest of you women found that to be true as well? Yeah, and I was watching a PBS special not long ago, and it was about unearthing a woman that had lived in the 5th century B.C., and as they began removing the dirt around, she had died in Siberia and the cold climate had kind of mummified her body. They began to expose more of her body. And guess what she was covered with? Tattoos. It's not new. It's old. But it keeps coming back around. And if you think body piercing is new, go to a museum that has displays of, of ancient civilizations and you'll find out that's not new either. Well, we could keep talking about these kinds of things, but what, what's the point here? Well, the point is that sometimes we get to thinking that the, that the old is better and it's not. But also sometimes we start thinking something is new and it's not. And that's not too bad unless we're talking about spiritual and moral things. And that's really where Paul is focusing in as he's writing to his friends there in Rome. That it's really a tragedy when we settle for the old ways spiritually and morally. Paul talks about how the blessing of being in Christ is we know what's new and what's old. Now, the way he says it is that we know what is of the night and what is of the day. What is new is what really works now, and particularly what prepares us for God's coming future. God has invested in us and given us information and a gospel that tells us what is really fresh and new. And he warns the people, don't be fooled into thinking that the old ways still work, because they don't. He tells his readers, he says, you know what time it is. And what a great thing that is to know what time it is and to be able to discern what is really new and what is really old. Because the old ways didn't work then and they don't work now. And we've got to know what is truly fresh and new. Now, Paul doesn't just leave it at that. He begins talking about what some of those old ways were. And he knows good and well that the people that he's writing to think that some of these old ways he's describing are really the new way to live. Did you notice some of his language here? He talks about the old ways of partying and substance abuse. Now, he says reveling and drunkenness, but it's really partying and substance abuse. And we think, wow, that sounds pretty modern, doesn't it? That sounds like something that's really new. But no, that's what was going on in Paul's day. And Paul was warning him, those are the old ways that no longer work. This idea of living, trying to find some kind of escape, and trying to find some way that can either numb you to what's going on around you, or some way to kind of just keep your mind occupied for a few moments so you can, you know, make it through another day or another week. So that's the old way of living. Don't let anyone fool you to think that that's new. It's old, and it didn't work then, 
and it doesn't work now. He goes on to talk about two words I love, debauchery and licentiousness. And I say I love those words. I don't love those things, but they're just, they're just funny. Debauchery and licentiousness. What is debauchery? Debauchery basically means this. In our current culture, it's the new sexual ethic, or maybe you could even say, Paul is saying, people that like to just sleep around. You know, every generation that comes along seems to think that they invented sexuality and God knows nothing about it. You know, it's just something that we have discovered and that we can write the rules according to the way that we think it works best. Paul says that's an old thing. And the word for that is debauchery. Licentiousness. Licentiousness means that while you may think there's a general rule for society and there's a certain way that most people ought to do things, you can do it a little differently. You have a license to live just a little different than everyone else, and it's okay. It may not work for everyone, but I can make this work. That's licentiousness. And Paul says that debauchery and licentiousness didn't work then. It's an old idea. And it won't work now. I've been amazed at some of the requests that have been brought my way during my years of ministry. I remember being asked one time by a young man to study the Bible with his girlfriend, his live-in girlfriend, who he was trying to get to be baptized. And she just didn't take his religious commitment very seriously. And I thought, well, fancy that, you know? Here you are, you've discovered a new, fresh way to approach relationships that runs counter to the way God has told us relationships work, and your girlfriend doesn't think you know much about spirituality. Had another call one time from a young woman that wanted me to get a hold of her former live-in boyfriend who had left her, and she was just furious with him because he had not kept her, his commitment to her. My reply to her was, and what commitment was that? You know, you were doing things the new way. You know, you were thinking that God's way was the old way. And now you've discovered something new, and here you go. And Paul is telling us that is the old way. That is the way of the night. That is the way that didn't work then, and it won't work now. That the, what God has revealed to us is what works in this present time and what is preparing us for the life that God has ready for us in the future. Now, Paul does go ahead and mention a couple of other things that are things of the old order. He talks about jealousy and rivalry. Or we might want to translate that into saying the competitive lifestyle. Now, I'm a fairly competitive person. Uh, put me on the racquetball court, Doug can tell you, I get pretty competitive. But, you know, there's a place for competition. The problem is that we sometimes bring that competition off the court or off the sports field and put it into life as well. And Paul's saying that's an old way to live, always comparing yourself to others, always trying to sort of jockey for position, always trying to prove yourself maybe right and the other person wrong, 
Or maybe that you're a little smarter in some way than the other. We develop all kinds of very sophisticated ways to play this game. And Paul says it's the old way. The new way, as he says it, is owe no one anything other than to love that person. And in fact, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, several times in the book of John, he says this, I'm not giving you an old commandment. I'm giving you a new commandment. And the new commandment is this, to love one another. I can remember before scratching my head and said, but that's something I've heard for a long time. How is that a new commandment? Let me tell you how it's new. It's new because it works today and it gets you ready for tomorrow. It's not the old ways. It's not the old ways of living that didn't work then and they won't work now and they certainly won't get you ready for God's tomorrow. So listen to Paul as he tells us. Know what time it is. Know what's old. Know what's new. Know what's of the night. Know what's of the day. And it's time to wake up and start walking in the day, in God's new day, in God's day where we can see where we're going and who we are. Paul's invitation to us is to put on Jesus Christ, to put on the armor of light, and to commit ourselves that we're not going to be fooled by what our culture, by what our world says is something new. It's just old. What is new comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The ways that he has revealed to us. And those of us who aren't hitting the snooze alarm and turning over and going back to sleep. Those of us who want to live this light in the day. Those of us who want to live on into God's promised coming day. Know what the old is and what is the new. Paul's invitation is to come and to put on Jesus Christ. That's our invitation as well. Let's stand and sing.